All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How are you doing? You brought notes. I brought some notes. Well, that's good because there's like tons of things to talk about. There's we should... a million things. There's... It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. First yeah. of all, how are you? How's your week? How are you doing? Merry Christmas. Good. Great week. Thank you. How about you? Merry Christmas to you as well. It hasn't been a Merry Christmas in this house for the last couple of days, in fact. Okay. We bought our tree, which oh. is something that we, I mean, you might have noticed it downstairs. It looks fantastic. Okay. Um, so we bought our tree down the hill. I, I relished. Do you need to move your microphone up a little bit? Is it kind of sad? I'm actually kind of like happy just okay. like leaning into it. You got it. Yeah. We walked at home, which is something that's novel that I, I kind of like that we can do. And uh, we, we immediately brought it inside because it was dry and we propped it up in the stand. And there it stood all day. And I came home from work on what? Tuesday night. And we, we just started to decorate it. Like just started to get towards decorating it when it uh, just kind of collapsed in the stand. And so... The what, tree? Yeah. So what we diagnosed was that the <laughs> trunk of the tree had gotten too soft where ah. the bolts were going into it because we had overfilled the 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 trough, like the water reservoir. Sure. Okay. Uh, and so it wasn't drinking any water and it was kind of just like pulping the tree. It was like pulverizing the trunk of the tree. Wow. And now it was too soft to support itself. Oh my God. And so we took it out of the stand and uh, I cut it. I cut the soft part off the off the trunk. And he had given us a fresh cut already. Now I'm giving it like another four inches off the bottom. So right. it's going to be four inches shorter. Okay. Um, and my saw is not working. I end up having to use a hacksaw, Ooh. To, which is hard. Yeah, that's rough. Um, to, to cut the bottom off this tree. We get it up and we go to start doing our thing again and it falls over again the tree and so at this point we're like very pissed off and crushed and and we um we don't know how we're going to overcome this because it's like it's kind of playing tricks on our eyes is it straight i don't know it looks straight from this side but maybe not from this side maybe there's a crimp in the tree like maybe it's not maybe the trunk itself is not straight maybe it's top heavy right uh we've used this particular like plastic stand like one of those classic green plastic tree stands at least three other christmases so i don't think that's the issue although it's occurring to us that the stand itself is not level to the floor okay it's like it's like a table with a wobbly leg sure okay um and so we wedge a face cloth underneath the stand to fulfill that little cavity mm -hmm. and we seem to have stability with the tree okay so that's what you're rolling with right now so we tie it just to be sure okay. we tie it to the wall uh and we get to business decorating the thing and we we put up the lights uh and then we put up the the other ornaments the star and everything and we like take a picture of it to be like, well, it's probably going to fall again. So right. let's get a picture of it now. And uh, by this point, it's like 1045. Becky goes to bed. We put the cats to bed. Um, put she, the cats to bed? Yeah, yeah. We just like lock them in the basement at night <laughs> okay. so they don't keep us up. We talk them and read a bedtime story. I was going to yeah. say, what does that Give entail? them their juice and everything. <laughs> um, and honestly, like, like it was a, a poorly written movie, like a bad christmas vacation sequel mm -hmm. becky stood down the hallway like as far from the tree as she could be 
and just kind of like looked at the tree longingly, like having overcome this like stressful evening that was supposed to be festive and, and joyful, but was actually just tense and very angering. And it was finally done. It was finally um, decorated. She like looked at it and kind of smiled. And I looked at it and kind of smiled. And I swear to God, I said, what was that noise? And then we ran like Olympians while the tree fell in slow motion oh, to the floor again, no. fully decorated, snapping the the tie off the wall uh, and tumbling in into the floor. Uh, two ornaments fell off. Uh, only one broke and I fixed it this morning with a glue gun. That was actually like not a big deal. Right. But like it, it's when I tell the story now, it's like, uh, kind of an amusing comedy of errors, right. like a clumsy, like Dave and Morley type story. It was so demoralizing <laughs> as it was happening. It was like, it it just removed all every, like every bit of like joy. And, and like, I had no faith in our ability to do this. We couldn't figure out if it was the tree's fault or the stand's fault. Um, if it was the water's fault. At that point, it's like, screw this Christmas tree. Maybe we just need to start. A new. We, we did consider briefly, maybe we just undecorate it and throw the tree in the woods and get a new tree. Yeah. But it was like 40 bucks. Totally. And like, I don't know that the stand isn't the, ma- the bigger issue here. And so we go online and we start like reading reviews for Christmas stands. I know this is a long story. I'm getting to the end. No, no. I love it. Um, and we get up on Wednesday morning and we go to the store and we buy... Like the Cadillac of Christmas tree stands. It's nice. made of metal. It's really friggin' wide. Yeah. It's got good reviews. Yeah. And it's flat to the floor. Is it red? Uh, it's got a red stripe on it. It's it's green like iron. Okay. And it's got a red stripe on it. Um, and it's it's heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's 60 bucks. It's like the last Christmas tree stand nice. I'll ever buy. Big it's, square base? Uh Maybe it has a square base, actually. Yeah. Okay. We've covered it up with a, with a tree skirt since yeah, then. So sure. I, I don't exactly remember, but it's... It's a beast. Yeah. Uh, and we bring it home and we're like, look, if this doesn't work, mm. we'll have to buy another tree. And then we'll be like $150 in on this Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, but that is what it is. And so we got to try this tree. And so while it's decorated and and pretty like sorry looking from having fallen sure. over fully decorated, uh, we hoist it up, switch out one stand in with the other, put it down, and it's so stable. It's, it's as if it's got roots underneath the cement of our house. It's great. So it was it, it eventually the stand warped. does come to. Yeah. The, the stand, which I only probably paid nineteen ninety nine for four okay. years ago, warped in the uh, like the intemperate basement or something happened. Yeah. Or maybe it's just like maybe it's good for up until eight foot trees and we have an eight and a half foot tree. Or I don't know what happened, but yeah. the stand is no longer suitable and it created quite the calamity. But while we were lifting up the tree another ornament fell off and it was a little globe. And this is the only breakage we had in the entire um, snafu. Just like a little disposable red uh, Christmas bulb. And I stepped on a piece of glass. Oh. Um, which wouldn't be the end of the world. And it, as it turns out, it's not. It just hurt. Except for that, I have like a little bit of like trauma over stepping on sharp things. And can you imagine why that is? Do you, can you recall any, any, any situations in my life that might relate to stepping on glass? Oh, yes, but I, oh yeah, you had like a th- a lingering thing. Right, so this is this was like one of the, well, you and I have been living together for quite a long time, but like this was like such a great friend move on your part. One of us like breaks a beer bottle in our apartment in Kentville and I stepped on a piece of glass and you like dug into my bare bleeding foot. <laughs> I got it out? 
with tweezers. You got a lot of it out. Okay. Uh, I th- I think we thought you got it all out. Right. And we went about our lives. And then six months later, it started to really hurt to walk. And Ugh. I realized the skin had grown over and there was still a tiny shard of glass in there. Ugh. The I, fact that that beer was involved means I, I probably didn't do as good of a job as I could have. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Well, maybe. But like, I remember like greatly appreciating your efforts. And I think I also thought it was good, but then there was, it turns out there was more glass. And so this is a side story to the, to the greater saga of my drama, but, um, I had to get it cut out and they had some Dal student do the stitches. Right. So the stitches broke. I got infected. Oh God. They put me on amoxicillin, which it turns out I'm allergic to. I had a, I had a full body hive reaction in like my first month of working at the new radio station in Halifax where I was like trying to be like. Just like chill and like just not normal. Just keep it between the Don't ditches. Rock the boat. And I showed up looking like like a weird <laughs> exotic vegetable one day, and uh, and I had to. I don't know. Like, I guess I just had to ride that out. But uh, I still have the piece of glass and like a vial somewhere in this wow. house. Anyway, so I stepped on glass again yesterday. It didn't. I don't think it turned out to be quite that calamitous. But. People at work don't notice when you make big changes. Anyway, I shaved off probably ninety five percent of my beard, and you included. No one mentioned anything. You mean to today? Me. Yeah. No, I noticed when you came over. Oh, you did? Because okay. you, you look like such a dreamboat today. I, I look like younger? Uh, no, you just look fantastic. And you you actually look, oh, wow. you look great with a beard too because it's... I've always been very jealous of your beard because it's so full. Like mine is patchy and mine's like I just... You can tell by how depressed I am by how <laughs> much beard I have. But part of it is just riding it out too. Sure. Yes. Yes. Get through the awkward phase. But you don't have awkward phases with your facial hair. I guess not. But anyways, <laughs> the, the 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 only person I only had one person mention something to me today and that was Kate who works directly next to me. Right. And no one else said anything. I, I, like, I huh, admit I didn't notice when I briefly saw you at work today, but I noticed okay, when you yeah. entered my threshold here. Okay. Yeah. That's so fascinating to me. Yeah. I in, guess. In any case, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to unload for 10 whole minutes. No, I wanted to get the I wanted to get both stories and I forgot about the first story. Right. So, or the second story, I guess. But but your Christmas has been going more, <laughs> yeah, more merrily than mine. It's, it's been going all right. We've had our own uh, light issues. You know, we we don't have a plug outside, and, and so our lights aren't working there, and that's like crushing Jen. And then the bottom row of the lights on our tree burnt out last night, and that also oh, crushed Jen. That's tough. But she, like, she, you know, reconfigured, and it ended up looking great. I came home today, and the the we're basically like new lights on the tree. I was just wondering what happens if the lights burn out while they're already on a decorated tree, but it's, it's so manageable. luckily it was the bottom strand. Mm. And I think it's just got like shorted or like a fuse blue or something in it. I'm not sure that might be a Papa sweets question that he can answer. Okay. Yeah. Papa well, sweets. If you know how to fix <laughs> a, apparently there's fuses and I'm not sure what might've shorted the bottom row of strings, but I think it might have something to do with like, Maybe the outlet caused the bottom row to just jump or short. And anyways, that was that. Did I tell you about my electrical crisis here at the house recently? Uh, Boy, I'm a barrel of laughs. I, I don't think so, but tell me. I've actually, I haven't thought about it a lot since it happened like maybe three weeks ago because it was also so upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I forget why we were, oh, I remember. We were trying to install a new light fixture because we have all new light fixtures in the house. Yes. And so to do that, we had to turn off the breaker. Right. And our breakers are very poorly labeled. And so it's always uh, just like yeah. a big, nasty trial and error. This one, this one, this one, this one. Right. And so we went through them as we've done many, many times. So I still can't figure out exactly why it went awry this time. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
we went off with the breaker and back on with the breaker because that wasn't the one. And almost right away, we started to hear this awful alarm going off. But it was like kind of disorienting. Like, where is that coming from? It's not in the house exactly. And so at first we're kind of like, it's just, it's just happening outside. It's like some somebody's car or something. Although it is suspicious that it seemed to happen so coincidentally with our messing with this particular breaker. And I then realized that it is our house, but it is outside. So we have somehow tripped the security system in our house, uh, which apparently has a speaker outside. And buddy, I cannot, I cannot find the adjectives to describe how ear shredding this noise is uh, when you're outside. And you can't get it off. It's, it is like a blood curdling noise, the kind of noise that makes you nauseous. Now, were you, it's able, like, were you able to cut the power again just yes, until you figured it out? Okay. We were, but then we had to like put it on a couple more times just to make sure that that is right. what, and then like I go outside and there's like people outside looking around and I'm horrified. <laughs> I, I like, might've heard this up at my house. You might have, cause like it can't be ignored, mm. but like I can't turn it on and try and figure it out. Anyway, it turns out uh, when your security system is about to die, uh, this is what they do to tell you they're about to die. But I opened up the box and the paperwork was in there from 26 years ago. And I just did a little snippy snippy. It wasn't the end of the world. Okay. But like, I was so scared. Like I need, I can't, this <laughs> breaker is also connected snippy. to my kitchen. I can't not have a kitchen. Right. And I also don't want to have an electrician just come in and be like, yeah, do this, do this. Right. Owning a and house kind of sucks, honestly. Bucks. Owning a house is kind of awful. But not because of the tree. The tree could have happened in a rented place, too. It didn't, though. <laughs> it happened in your house. happened in the house. So what's the common denominator? Great point. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, I think I won this I round. I can't argue that. <laughs> did I tell you I got a COVID test the other day? So did I. Oh, you did? On Friday. Just for something to do? Because that's why we did it. Uh, I went Friday. Um, Colin was like, if you go on Friday, then you can come over and hang out with us and our baby. And I was like, okay. Sure. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. That's yeah, it. they were doing these like asymptomatic clinics, and so yeah, no wait at all. Oh my god, in and out, sail on through, in and out in five minutes. Yeah, I heard the lineup at the library was like two hours. No way. And so I felt terrible actually. Like I felt like I showed up to a kid's birthday party and they put in all this effort and no one came. There's pizza. Oh, there was no pizza. I didn't have pizza. They were giving away AirPods. Though. On the, what really? <laughs> they were, yeah. On the way out, they were. Um, they were like, and take a take a slice of pizza. Like there was no one there. They had like fourteen pizzas. I they had like at least twenty tables set up and like eight administrators, and it was just me and Becky and two other young people. Yeah, and uh, it was horrible. Isn't it horrible? It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I was kind of like weirdly expecting it to be worse. I was expecting yes. it to like penetrate through my like nasal cavity, and I was like, like just thinking that it was gonna literally like break something as it was going up. I just find it, 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 it immediately like ignites all your senses. So like immediately my eyes fill with water and my nose is super itchy mm -hmm. and like I'm squinting and like just, but I knew it was only five seconds. Oh, I just went for a hard squint as soon as she stuck it up there and yeah, I, uh, yeah it was fine. It is fine, but it's nasty. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. What do you got for, for notes today? What do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, okay. Well, first of all, new Taylor album tonight. Did you hear about this? Just a randomly dropped Taylor Swift album. Is this going to be her, if you're reading this, it's too late album. Like when Drake just like dropped a random mixtape. Well, that lit the world on fire. I don't know if I get the reference, but don't forget Taylor did this like four months ago. Well, we were kind of expecting it though. Weren't we? 
No, it's the same thing. We same just woke thing. up one day and she's like, hey, my eighth album is coming out tonight. Check out that album. And so this is the sister album, Evermore. I mean, like I loved Folklore. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm into it. I'm excited. It was like a top album of the year in a lot of um in a lot of reviewers' eyes too. Yeah, it's probably gonna win record of the year. It might album of the year. I mean, I'm not saying it should necessarily. Right. I'm just saying that's it they favor her sure. at the Grammys. They always do. A lot of people really um went in on Fiona Apple's album, like in a positive way. I've heard that too. Which was a great out. I don't know if you've listened to it, but it's like a super interesting listen. No, but anytime people mention Fiona Apple now, I think about that story that she shared when that album came out like a year ago about uh, when she was either dating or married to Paul Thomas Anderson and he made her come over while he and Quentin Tarantino just like did blow and talked about movies for like eight hours. And she said it was the worst night of her life. Oh, she was married to Paul I, Thomas I don't Anderson? know if they were married, but she maybe dated him. Right. And... Like while they were together, she had to sit there in the room. It was the longest <laughs> night of her life. It was just the most obnoxious. <laughs> like I like those directors, but like that sounds horrible. You wouldn't want to be. Well, <laughs> actually, they could probably release a pay per view of that, and people would, people would sign in. Yeah, maybe. Um. Anyways, for that reason, you should listen to the album because it's pretty good. Okay, I will. But I'm gonna listen to Evermore tomorrow. It's it's the anti Taylor Swift album. <laughs> okay, and it's more angry. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. <laughs> Uh, angriness and less catchiness. Well, there's it, it is catchy, but there's a lot more feeling. Okay, yeah. I also watched the the uh, the Long Pond sessions on Disney Plus. The Taylor Swift like recording the songs with Jack Antonoff. Oh, crazy! Yeah, it was kind of good. I mean, like it's she's objectively fantastic. She is totally. for sure the Joni Mitchell of our time. To uh, even if the conclusion to draw from that is that there isn't one. She's the closest thing we've got. I think we've had popular female artists before that we don't necessarily need to give a Joni Mitchell title to. I'm saying that it is lyrically a profound piece of art. And for some reason, and, and it's not for some reason, because the, the reason is fame and money. Her enormous notoriety has like precluded her from being welcome in certain uh, uh, taste circles. And that's unfortunate. Because sometimes the facts are the facts and someone's great and they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't disagree that she's talented and very popular. Like she's Right. Well that I mean that's 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 a that's kind of a safe way of describing her. Everyone would say that. Well, we're gonna disagree on the Joni Mitchell part. Okay. All right. Well, where do you stand on Joni Mitchell? Are you like a big Joni Mitchell head? Can you can you substantiate your defense of Joni Mitchell? Sure. Uh I wouldn't I would just not be able to have anyone if if Joni Mitchell is the female singer-songwriter of our time, then... Well, she's not of our time. Sorry, of of a certain time. Okay. Then Bob Dylan is probably the same singer-songwriter of that same certain time, let's yeah, say. Yeah, okay. And who... We, we can't say, like, like you know... I don't... I, exactly. I, I, don't, I have no one... Although there are many popular singers that are talented, like, you know, you could say Ed Sheeran. Right. But he's just not... Bob Dylan like well I didn't say that I know but I just think Taylor Swift is not even the Joni Mitchell of our time well I, I maybe maybe it's not productive to compare artists to other artists that's that's a fair starting point but I don't know I just find myself perpetually in it's kind of silly also to feel like I have to defend somebody who doesn't need my help um mm. 
But I, I just have always been... I don't even been, think you're defending. I just I ju- think, I've just always been uniquely frustrated by, by a close-mindedness over somebody just because they happen to be so notable and um, and ubiquitous when when their work speaks for itself. I mean, just like the fact that she puts out... We don't know if this new album is good at all. Right. But we do know the last one was. And we've seen gradual growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where I'm going with that, but... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think in a weird way she's underrated. Sure, in a, in yeah. a strange backwards way. I I I see that, and I I I agree with that. Okay. I just don't agree with the Johnny Mitchell. Part All right, okay. <laughs> we you, don't have to agree on it. We're pretty. We agree on a lot of things. That's true. It's a boring show. <laughs> um, Ellen has the Rona. She does have COVID. Yeah, shut down the show till the new year. Jen's first thing was, uh, do you think she did this as like a sympathy ploy and she doesn't actually have it? And I was like, well, that did not work out for the former president of the United States. No, I don't think that would work for anybody. No. No. Um, Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think we're in like a sympathetic mood right now. No. (laughs) I think we're kind of like tired of people's bullshit. Totally. I don't, I don't, I don't like wish bad things on Ellen. Obviously, we've said like a lot of no, oh, of course, smack not. talk about Ellen. You but, don't want people to get coronavirus. But like the show is also kind of like crumbling. Like nobody wants to work there. Advertisers have been pulling ever yeah. since it's been back. She hasn't had any like viral moments because why would she? Yeah, I think she's tr- she thought that like the storm would blow over, and in a way it kind of did. Um, but you can't really just go back to normal, especially since you hadn't been in the studio for like eight months, which mm-hmm. is true of everybody. But there's just like a lack of evolution there. And there's an elephant in the room now, an elephant in the room. Right. And it's like, maybe you're horrible. And so. Right. <laughs> yeah. You've been really nice to me, but like, am I supposed to like be waiting for something? Is there going to be another shoe that drops? Well, yeah. And so, so part of me thinks like, good for you for like charging forward and, and, and don't just like let the cancel machine win. If you like really believe that you can do a better job at running your show. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it's just kind of like maybe cut your losses and like, I don't know, do some stand up or something. Because like, I think people are checking out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, I think the most relevant thing that's been done was that uh, Auntie Donna's Big House of Fun had a skit about her. Yeah. And it was like literally a man with a beard playing Ellen, like one of the three guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's, I didn't watch the show. He's talking through the TV to the guy. He's like, Greg. Go outside, Greg. What do you see? He's like, oh my God, it's a new car. He's like, get in the car, Greg. <laughs> so he like keeps following the whole thing. He's like, drive down the street, Greg. Park. What do you see? It's a horse. <laughs> like it keeps going. Anyways, it gets ridiculous. And then it goes into the like the uh, sinusoidal wave of like super ridiculous to funny again to like brutal to super funny. And oh, it ends yeah. up lasting like six minutes. It goes on too long, but it kind of gets it back. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. Like, she did kind of become the giveaway machine. Right. Which is good for daytime TV, and Oprah famously did that a lot. Um, something that, like, the late night shows, which you and I love, they've never done, like, a like a whole lot of giveaways. Like, every now and then, somebody will come on and be like, oh, and I, I brought a copy of my CD for everybody That's or a something. great point. But, like, the Jimmy Fallon audience doesn't get giveaways. The daytime machine must just be, like, way huger than Well, it's commercial, right? So, like... More people are up, more people are watching. Ellen's not giving away TVs. She's giving Roku, 4K, uh, whatever TVs like that that they supplied. Right. And so part of what's frustrating about the facade of Ellen registered trademark or whatever 
is this idea that she's just so generous. Right. Like, look, she gave that person a car. She paid for that person's college. She gave this person, you know, a basket of tomatoes mm. or something. And it's like, you'd like to know how, what out of her actual pocket has nothing. Yeah, probably not. She made money doing it. Right. right. So it, and like, and she gets to, to pretend that she's nicer than she is apparently. Right. And so it's all just kind of phony. Yeah. It all felt phony to me years ago. I tell you. Full agree. And now she has, I mean, we don't want to say karma's a karma corona, <laughs> karma coronalian. Uh, that's right. Uh, right. You want to talk about the spider verse? Sure. This is a big thing, right? Okay. okay. So we know for sure Alfred Molina is going to play uh, Doc Ock. Yes. In Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3. Salmon Fiddler on the Roof in Broadway. Not a big deal. I didn't know that you saw Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. Yeah, Twice. Why? Once with Harvey Firestein, because we liked it so much the first time. <laughs> we went back and saw so Molina first time, yeah. Firestein second time. That must have been really special. It was really cool. Yeah. Like, man, that's Doc Ock. No kidding. Well, and he's going to be again. Mm -hmm. We also saw uh, Chicago with uh, Paige Davis. We saw okay. uh, Avenue Q. Okay, I know that one. We saw Putnam County 30th annual spelling bee it was kind of an off-broadway play but it actually had a uh, uh, dude from um uh what's it called modern family in it red jesse tyler ferguson that's right well i didn't know you were such a broadway junkie we went two summers in a row in junior high and my sister was like really into and i love i would go see a million broadway plays me too yeah yeah but uh but yes so i happened to see all of those in uh, in theaters, you didn't happen to see the Spider Man Into the Dark, the the Bono show, did you? No, I did not. That <laughs> Good would thing. Have been funny. It might have been dangerous. It could have been dangerous. I yeah. see how People I brought got it, injured. See how I brought it back to Spider Man. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> so we know he's coming back, which really suggests some kind of Spider Man multiverse thing, which they actually kind of did a little bit when they cameoed uh, J Jonah Jameson in the post credit yes. scene last movie. One hundred percent. And so for a little while now, the rumor is. Maybe they're also going to get back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield for some kind of spidey spider multiverse thing. Right. And I don't think that's been confirmed as of yet, but it feels very plausible right now. Mm. And we do know that Doctor Strange is going to be in this movie. And so, I mean, he's capable of opening wormholes or whatever his power is. Right. And so maybe it's going to involve that in some capacity. So it's a Spider-Man movie, but it's not a Spider-Verse sequel. It's not related to like the the Lord and Miller animated. Right, not but, at all. But that kind of suggested to Disney, didn't it? Like, look, right. people like weird when it comes to Spider-Man. Yeah. There is a basis for this. There's a foundation that totally. you can take advantage of, especially if you're kind of struggling with how to phase on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, and I wonder, because was the Spider-Verse technically MCU? No, no, it's not an MCU movie. It's, no. Is it Marvel related? Yeah, Even sure. Kind of? Okay. Maybe also partly Sony. Like, Spider-Man is a complicated product right. i think for these different studios right. and and because i mean there's always been animated superhero movies that don't fall in line with like the big deal right. blockbuster movies this just happened to be one that like rose above the crop because it was so phenomenal right and i think it was also expensive to produce could it also be like could you also say it's kind of similar to what uh the clones series for star wars was doing or is kind of doing right now it's almost kind of like like adding characters in that were yeah maybe canon. well yeah i guess it's comparable and maybe writing people into the canonical universe well yeah and, and and the thing about the the star wars animated shows is that they were always canon right like they they these as soon as they said something was so it was 
for sure the case right. in whereas, all of Star Wars. Whereas this is kind of creating something new. Well, right, and we're dealing with different multiverses. Right. So, like, what does canon even mean? Like, right. if, as soon as you say multiverse, like, you and I exist in the <laughs> we're, Spider-Verse. We're throwing it out the window. You're, right? Yeah. Um, but since you brought up Star Wars, this is um, this is kind of just like a last-minute update to the show notes. The um, Disney's having, like, a big announcement day. I don't, it's like Investor's Day or something. Right. A ridiculous amount of Disney announcements, um, like, from Pixar to... Uh, a lot of it is Disney plus focused as well, but just let me list like a couple of star Wars related ones. Have you heard of any of these today? The Ahsoka Tano one I heard of and the Rangers of the new Republic. So those are two new Disney plus TV series that are, that we didn't know about before today. Those right. are confirmed to be happening, which the Ahsoka Tano episode of the Mandalorian had a certain vibe to it where you could totally see her having her own show. A lot of people said that I didn't really get that vibe. And in a way I'm kind of disappointed that she's not going to be more central to the Mandalorian. Well, we don't know that though. No, be- I guess because like you know, there were characters that made their way into the first season of the Mandalorian that by the end of it, you're like, Oh man, it's kind of like there's a whole gang now. How awesome have the last two Mando episodes have been? So the whole season has been amazing. Oh man. Yeah, I know. But like the last two in particular, I've just been like on the edge of my seat, As- especially the whole like Django Fett's son- or oh, man is like, is so that's supposed to be Boba Fett himself? It is, it it is, is Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. So that's the actor who played Jango Fett right. in Attack of the Clones. Right. Boba Fett is a clone of his father. Right. Um, and so they just got the same actor. Tamora Morrison is his name. And he did the voice for all of the clone troopers in the Clone Wars TV series. Amazing. And so it looked like him. And he's like been involved with extended Star Wars for a long, long time. But like I love how they just made him this like total bad motherfucker. And a lot of Clone Wars crossover. Was it you that was telling me about the... Uh, the uh, female Mandalorian that was actually the same character in yeah Bo-Katan and it actually looked like well the character Ross, she played Ross too. tells me they considered that when they were casting right okay um, and so maybe that's true um, but uh, I, I I can't confirm nor deny do you know who vice admiral thrawn is he was referenced in, in two episodes ago he's no. the one so this is like ahsoka's going into this like village and she's like where's your master and then they right. then she says where is vice admiral thrawn okay so he's on the cover of like a lot of um end cap star wars novels if you've been in chapters you've seen thrawn's face on the cover of a star wars book so okay. like a blue alien like okay, a, a bad guy right uh so he's going to be brought into the fold and he's voiced in the tv series by Mads Mikkelsen's brother, I don't know, Vlad Mikkelsen or something. Sure. <laughs> um, I say that because he is the, I just learned this. He was the guy who was like basically Putin in House of Cards. Oh, And cool. so again, Ross is like, he totally can play him in real life too. Right. And so they're like, apparently 10 years ago, they decided on casting people for voice <laughs> roles so that they could the put them on camera 10 years later. And it's really yes. smart. That, that That would be an incredible move by them if that was actually all planned. Yeah. So that's just the first part of the Star Wars news today. Uh, Cassian Andor from Rogue One is getting a 12-episode series. It's called wow. Andor. Okay. Um, Leslie Headland, who's like one of the creators of Russian Doll, and she also directed the movie Sleeping with Other People with Jason Sudeikis. Okay. Um, she's getting her own Star Wars TV series called Acolyte. We know nothing about it at this mm-hmm. point. Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, is getting a Rogue Squadron film. Okay. And they're probably doing a young Lando Calrissian show with Donald Glover, a mini series. Wow! All of that—that'd be as- a huge get. All of that aside, Hayden Christensen is coming back as either Anakin or Darth Vader in the Obi Wan show. Well, yeah, I was seeing it as Darth Vader. Yeah, I mean, I mean, show. probably yeah. right. Unless there's some kind of like flashbacks or like visions of the good guy. So interesting. Yeah, 
Wow. So that's a whole lot of nerdy stuff, but I'm I'm psyched about most of it. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I had both those things written down, and I wanted to get your your input on them. What are you most excited for out of this? I mean, the Obi Wan show is pretty hard to top. It's kind of like kind of crazy. These two guys getting back together. I also kind of think Hayden Christensen deserves this. Are we gonna see? Yeah, where has he been? Well, I mean, his career kind of didn't go anywhere because there was such a stink on those movies, and it's just not his fault. No, no the performances are not like. Uh, like amazing tour de forces, but how right. could they be? The dialogue was brutal mm -hmm. in those movies. And he got to play this iconic role that was like impossible to live up to mm -hmm. in an underconceived kind of ill-fated trilogy that has its merits as well. But for sure he can be a better actor than that. Mm -hmm. We know Ewan McGregor is a great actor and, and he actually like rose above as the clear winner of that trilogy. And he'll be in the Obi-Wan movie? It's an Obi-Wan TV series. Right. Sorry, Ewan McGregor is, is playing like basically younger Alec Guinness um, nice. in that like a little mid range. And so he's going to be face to face with uh, his old Padawan again. Amazing. Oh, I know it's yeah. I'm, I'm supremely psyched. For Do you it. think they got along? All right. <laughs> you and McGregor and Hayden Christians. I hope so. I like to think so. Why wouldn't they? I don't know. You know, like you don't always get along with everyone you work with. No, that's then, true. Like, wouldn't it be weird to be like, I guess we'll give it a shot again, but we're not stoked about it. As I look at your Star Wars Kenobi book up on the shelf. You make a good point. Like if if just in the interest of being gentlemen, they hated each other, but that never got out. Right. And they're like, well, we're never gonna have to work together again anyway, so it's fine. But now like the world wants it. And and like maybe <laughs> Ewan's going, oh man, maybe this guy actually like grew up quite a bit and matured. But if it's the same guy like we're going into this with, it's gonna be painful maybe to work with them but like or vice versa it's like 18 years ago like you'd like to think you and mcgregor's a more mature totally better dude now too totally. maybe they maybe they've maybe contempt has become nostalgia if anything <laughs> maybe they can laugh about their problems they're like whoa that was a fun time <laughs> like you know if those were our problems then you know, i think we, i like how we just we created this completely false history for these two people <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> We're going to talk about this in like whenever the show comes out in a year or something. Yeah. And I'm going to go, wasn't there a thing? Like, <laughs> didn't one of... Why does this ring a bell? Yeah. For sure. My brother's tearing his hair out right now. <laughs> he hates He's that like, we're talking about this. They love each other so much. And <laughs> Guys, there are here's all the reasons other... you need to know that they're brothers in real life. Maybe we'll have a Ross explains a thing. Hey, that's w welcome. By we the way, we should just hear from the whole sweets family on this one. <laughs> There's a whole podcast, which is Ross explains the thing. Yeah. It's, it's called, it's called recorder 66. Right. Um, are you a fan of the Muppet Christmas Carol? The definitive Christmas Carol? Yes. So are you familiar with the lost song of a Christmas Carol? No. Like years ago when the movie comes out, I guess it's like 28 years ago or something. It was the year after Jim Henson died because his son Brian Henson directed the movie. It was the first post-Jim Henson uh, production. Um, there was a song in it in the Ghost of Christmas Past sequence where young Scrooge's fiance Belle sings this ballad called When Love Is Gone. It's like a okay. like sad song. And for whatever reason, it got expunged from the film, edited out for, I don't know, TV broadcasts or something. And the footage, like the raw master of the, of the song was lost. And so all subsequent releases of this movie on streaming platforms and on DVD do not exist the ballad, uh, the song, When Love Is Lost. And now they've found it. Who is it that sings it? His fiance, just like some girl oh, okay. who's like the the woman who <laughs> I was like I was just picturing being like, when love is love. <laughs> yeah, how do we lose this ballad? Well, I mean, you joke, but like Kermit does sing a couple of the most heartbreaking songs in film history. It's true. Yeah, 
Um, and, and it's going to come out now and they're going to, they're going to remaster the movie for the 30th anniversary. And we will once again, be able to hear the song. You'll have the oh. full version of the movie. It is the butthole cut of our generation. That's right. Yeah. It's the Snyder <laughs> cut of the Christmas Carol. The Snyder cut. <laughs> the butthole cut. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'll never, I was considering going as one of the butthole cut cats for Christmas. <laughs> I mean, Halloween. For, for Christmas. Yeah, for, why not? For, for, I'll just show up at Christmas dinner. <laughs> as a cat with a bottle. We're not going to church this year, right? <laughs> hey, we're just zooming in, right? <laughs> have you have you heard about any of the crown um, controversy? The It requires a fiction disclaimer controversy? No. There's like little things that like royalophiles are nitpicking about some of the truth dramatized in this particular season of the crown okay. and i think it's because diana in particular is so well uh chronicled yeah so people are, are saying well that's not real that didn't happen it went like this instead right and so there's a bit of a movement to have netflix outfit all episodes of the crown with a di- disclaimer that says just so you know this is dramatized this didn't happen and well, also the royal family is like yeah you should do that but also <laughs> i think it's because the show doesn't necessarily flatter them in right. the best light. But I think they could also say, uh, although most of the stories are um, what we understand to be true to a degree, certain elements may have been dramatized. I don't think they need to know. like completely apologize and give in here. But you think they should say something? I don't think it's a bad call, especially if there's a chance of some of the stuff being inaccurate. I just think two things about it. And I know how you took my my Joni Mitchell comment, so sure. I don't well, want you I don't can, want you to think that this is like too lofty of a comparison. There's a lot more freedom, I think, in this conversation. Well, just hold your horses because I'm also gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, also going to drop a big name here. <laughs> okay, William Shakespeare didn't have to do that. Ooh, you know, he dramatized these real life people, and nobody had to get up b- before the opening soliloquy and be like, just so you know, these guys didn't speak in rhyme in real life. In a way, I do agree that Netflix is the Shakespeare of our time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even if they're not equal, yeah. that's what we got. What are you quoting? Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> the complete works of Netflix is yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I majored in English and television, but mainly Netflix. Mainly in Netflix. Oh, quote me something. Can you do a little for me? Sure. I was going to say, <laughs> this is uh, 11... <laughs> Uh, friends don't lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where was I going oh, with that? What a fruitful conversation. Yeah, I'm happy we got into I, I feel good about it. No, I just think that like it should be understood that this is a fucking soap opera on Netflix and maybe Very don't true. don't get your history from there. Very true. But it's not in the documentary section. Exactly. And for the most part, you can glean that Charles and Diana hated each other. Well, and in real life. And it's not a uh, you know, it's not like the Bible, there's not a recorded like conversations going back and forth and stuff. It's all just taken from other things. And I do wonder about that a little bit. Like I know that there are, <laughs> and I shouldn't use the Bible as my example. That was probably the worst example <laughs> of like conversations happening in back rooms. Uh, yes, but similarly to the Bible, there were lots of people around, right? So there's mm-hmm. like, of course there's lots of hearsay that contributes to the, um, developing of this singular story and that's mm-hmm. i guess how the bible like, was put what's together. the buzz tell me what's happening that's <laughs> exactly right uh exactly um <laughs> did you see that too on broadway <laughs> no i wish i did <laughs> uh one of my favorites by the way so similarly with the crown there's like lots of people around all the time right and so 
I don't know if there's like enough bodyguards still alive who happen to be just on the other side of the door when Charles said this to Diana or when Mm -hmm. the queen said this. Like there's an episode in this season of The Crown, a story I'd never heard of before. It's one of those stories that I can't believe I didn't know about, about this guy who broke into the queen's bedroom while she was sleeping and woke her up. Woke her up. And they like had a chat for like like 10 minutes. So it's it's pretty fascinating. What is the chat like? Well, that's that's the thing. Like, how could we possibly know? Right. They show it to us in the show. And like... Is he a crazy man or is he like... I mean... Because you think breaking into the queen's chambers and... Obviously, like he's played for... Uh, like a sympathetic kind of anti-hero in the episode. He's kind of like the main focus of the episode and he's disenfranchised by the system. He's not an anti-monarchist. Like he's absolutely not there to hurt the queen. No. He's basically there to confront her because he hates Thatcher. And so right. he like he's like, the queen needs to hear this from me. She needs to do something about the prime minister. And so I think at least in, in this episode and we'll never know in real life, um, she could tell pretty quickly that she wasn't in any mortal danger. And so she just tried to like talk through the thing until security came. Right. And then he was committed to like three months in like a facility. Sure. Um, Cause you, you know, had a lot of issues. Um, but in that particular instance, I guess I get that clearly they have dramatized something, but there's also nothing that's too inflammatory in the dramatization. Like I get the urge to want to write what that conversation might have been like, knowing that this is where he worked, knowing that this was his family situation, knowing what his political beliefs were, and knowing what happened to him afterward. I think you can kind of put together something that's not, if not right, it's not wrong either. Totally. And I'm sure there were myriad interviews around this too, Mm. that they had, you know, intel from, whether it's security yards or people that might have detained him or, you know, they could, like you say, kind of glean what the conversation might have been about. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. But interesting, interesting story. What else you got? Wow. Um, other than that, uh, The Curse, the new show starring Emma Stone oh, yes. by the Safdie brothers and Nathan Fielder. Oh, I didn't know Nathan Fielder was involved. Oh, he's involved. Okay. Yeah. So is it, I mean, it's not going to not be funny. No, it has to be kind of funny. But it's like, the Safties, which I mean, like, I guess... Uh, They've definitely got senses of humor. Like I didn't see Good Time, but what was that other one? Uncut Gems was funny. Totally. Emma Stone is funny. Yeah. I think they're kind of like the Coen brothers in the way that they can write humor. Yeah. And they're brothers. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think like in in fancy film circles, the Coen brothers are like comedy geniuses. Right. That's maybe not quite accurate either. Maybe in like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That was probably their like. Or like kind of uh, Buster Scruggs opening. Yeah. I guess a lot of the movies kind of. are like kind of dark comedies. Yeah. Born After Reading, which I wasn't a fan of. That's a dark comedy. Right. Big Lebowski is a dark comedy. Yep. Fargo, I haven't seen, but not really, I guess. Although no, although cheeky. It's cheeky, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely got its funny moments in it. Right. For sure. It right. definitely set the tone for what they were going to be. Um, Saved by the Bell. Uh, what, what is it called? Is it just Saved by the Bell? It's just Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell has been amazing. We talked about this a little bit. I have a lot of insecurities about whether or not I have good taste because I dislike a lot of things that are apparently good. Great reviews for Saved by the Bell. We're, I, I'm the only person I've heard who doesn't say good things about the show. We're so excited to like watch the next episode, which I think gets released tonight or possibly got released last night. That's great. Yeah. And so it was That's just cool. it was just suffering maybe a little bit from from a pilot issue or or I guess you like the pilot, so you can't even say. Yeah, I didn't mind the pilot, but it's yeah. it's nice once you get into it. There's no real like 
jump off from the pilot. It just kind of jumps into like regular everyday life where, you know, people are still having their differences and that's one of the main points in the show. But Mario Lopez was in the news a little bit this week because he's playing Colonel Sanders in a lifetime movie. So is Mario Sanders going to have like a, uh, are we going to talk in 10 years about how Mario Sanders had like Mario the Lopez. best, sorry, Mario <laughs> Lopez had like the best uh, renaissance of any actor in recent history? No, because this isn't a serious thing. This is like, a, this is a marketing ploy. No, exactly. That's the best part of it. So maybe that gets him into like the next Jet Apatow movie. Oh, I see what you mean. You know, it is kind of interesting that he's like gone back to acting because he's just been an entertainment like, reporter for totally. a long time. Yeah probably made like scads of money doing that too he's actually like very very likable totally so he's um, the most affable cast member i think and he's got comedy chops as it turns out yeah which is funny because he was not funny on saved by the bell originally no he's so he's sincere such a one-trick pony yeah well i know maybe he's just been around the business long enough was it you who was telling me that both zach and kelly are like barely in the show yeah so far they're not good actors that's why no, they're they're main producers of it i think too oh elizabeth berkeley's a good actor Yep. Do you ever see the, the what was the movie that killed her career? Was it uh oh, I have no Showgirls? Is that the one? Maybe. I'm I, honestly I, not I, sure. Somebody's screaming at their phone because it's like a famous story and it's like a kind of a cult favorite movie now, but when it came out it was considered like a disaster. This movie that was kind of supposed to like spring Elizabeth Berkeley into like mainstream actordom, movie stardom. Wow. And so she's like, I think she's like naked in the movie. And like, it was considered like, like a pretty daring thing for this like Saturday morning TV actress to be doing. And it completely wrecked her career. Wow. But now people are like, actually showgirls rules, but it might not be called showgirls. I might be like blanking on it. And I do know, cause I heard her talking about it on Stern that Scarlett Johansson was also up for that part. Whoa. Yeah. Man, she was on Stern. Yeah, she has been a few times. What yeah. was that like? Okay, she's cool. Jen said she read the whole like um, inside story of Saved by the Bell, and she was like, they were all basically just hooking up with each other. <laughs> I found that fascinating. I do believe that, but it wasn't written by Dustin Diamond, was it? Because he lied a lot about... No, no, yeah. it was not written by Dustin He has Diamond. a memoir about oh, all, God. all of like the uh, hookers and stuff. I hope it wasn't based off that. I don't know. He got stabbed, right? That's my favorite yeah. Dustin Diamond story. He got stabbed on Christmas. Do you remember when there was that celebrity boxing match that Dustin Diamond fought uh, like Horshack from Welcome Back, Hotter? And Horshack is like <laughs> probably like 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 fifteen years his senior, and Dustin Diamond was like working out and training and stuff like a maniac and was yeah. like super aggressive and just beat the shit out of Horshack. And so he wins. He wins, and it was just like the least graceful thing but I've it was ever sad. seen. It was sad. Oh, it was super you know, sad. I do have like a weird 1% of a memory of that. That does kind of exist somewhere in my subconscious. It was kind of weird. Like, like how one of the Paul brothers, it was like either Logan or Jake Paul this weekend knocked out like five foot six NBA star, uh, Nate Robinson. It's, and it's kind of a sin. I think it's Logan. Cause Floyd Mayweather is going to fight Logan. Now Paul. he's going to fight. Logan. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to get killed, right? Like, yes, he's like, this is really dangerous. 100%. Or at least like people, like, I think everyone's kind of hoping he does. <laughs> yeah. Beca- yeah. Because he's like, I, I'm, I'm a fighter now. Like, this is what I do. Well, you know what? And Ob- he wants to fight like the undefeated champ of the world. Obviously, like Logan Paul is such a pain in the ass. Like he's a shithead. Although he has no imposition on my life. Like I've never like found no. him to be in the way. Not in the least. Um, but most of the time when I've seen or heard about him, I'm like, ugh. Except 
a couple of weeks ago, I saw this clip going around on Twitter of him on some podcast. Uh, it was like a really like, like macho, like kind of like toxic, ugly, like, but we're guys and we have trucks podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's like this podcast. Exactly like this podcast. They talk about Broadway and everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, they're talking about this uh, magazine cover shoot that Harry Styles did where he wears a dress. Okay. And then some like right wing pundit is like, where, why can't the men be men? And so it became this like talking point. Like, why, where are all the men who are actually men? And so these guys were like baiting Logan Paul into basically calling Harry Styles a sissy. And right. he would not do it. In his credit, he was like, well, first of all, he's, I forget exactly what he said, but to his credit, he came off like way smarter and woker than you expect him to be. But he was like, who are you guys to define what masculinity is? Right. It's not up to anyone to decide for anyone else who they want to be or how they want to dress. It was like weirdly on the nose from this guy who's only famous for being an idiot. Wow. Yeah. Go Logan. Yeah. I guess I do want him to beat up Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Who's got his own host of problems. Yeah. <laughs> Watch, now he's going to try to fight Harry Styles. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. I don't have anything else. Um. Okay, well, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. We got a couple of shows that we should talk about. Uh, you get to go first, uh, so, so take your pick. Cool. I will go ahead and cover The Flight Attendant because I watched that a little more recently. Okay, yeah. All right, okay. Let me put you on the on the clock. Ten seconds to to recap the first episode. What's Kaylee Cuoco's character? Name? Cassie. Cassie. Cassandra. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, gonna recap that first episode in three, two, one, go. So Cassie is the flight attendant who is a bit of a gong show. She goes to new towns. She parties. She gets hungover and she makes it to her next flight. This particular flight, she's going to Bangkok. She meets a man in 3C. They end up going out on the town. She wakes up and he is dead. For some reason, she covers the, his murder up. He, his throat was slit. She's she's uh, and ends up being approached by the police at the end of the show once she gets back on home soil. And we're going to figure out if she actually did. But she's going back and forth. And so that was 30 seconds. But she's going back and forth in kind of like her mind palace where she's actually having conversations with him. Yeah. She's cleaning stuff up. She's. Uh, well, like the hangover. And also it's in Bangkok. Right. She's trying to piece together. That's the hangover too, by the way. You're right. Yeah. The good one. <laughs> um, she uh, She's so wasted that she doesn't remember what happened. And so she, right. I guess it's like slowly coming back to her yeah. that he's like brutally murdered next to oh, her. Oh, yeah. Uh, and boy, do they show it a lot. Yeah. Boy, do they return throat, to slit, his slitted everywhere. throat a whole lot of times. And you know how I feel about that. Got a little woozy at a couple of points. Right. Um, but, well, she doesn't She doesn't go to the police because she gets on the phone with Zasha Mamet. That's who, right. Who, by the way, I'm really surprised she never, she never got more famous. She never did more. I, I think she had the, the choice to and kind of like... Well, she's totally connected. Yeah. And she's by far the funniest person on girls right it was very strange to me yeah. that she wasn't the breakout star of girls yeah anyway so she gets on the phone with her and she's like well don't go to the police hypothetically she doesn't tell her what happened but like don't go don't get arrested in thailand because you'll die in a foreign prison or something right which is a fair point <laughs> and yeah. uh, so then for the rest of the episode kaylee cuoco's like going insane with paranoia but doesn't explicitly say know that she has murdered someone I think she hasn't. I think for sure she's been framed. But uh, Soja Mamet doesn't. No. Doesn't. She's like, what happened to Amanda Knox again? Wasn't she the one who was like, right, yeah. yeah? Did she call the cops? Yeah, she called the cops and she got arrested. What would you do? Would you call the cops? You're in Thailand. Ah, oh, it is God. scary. Like, yeah, you know what? There, there is a, a there's a case to be made. There's a case to be made. But 
maybe you get home and call the American police. Or maybe you, right there you call the American sure. police. Were you kind of thinking, oh man, she is in the, actually kind of weirdly in the best scenario possible because enough time can pass where she might be able to get to America by the time. It Yeah, well, except for that, they don't even get her to Bangkok before people are on to, because the... And they first go to Seoul, Korea. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah and all of her like fellow flight attendant friends are like, I feel like we've done a lot of show show pilots where Rosie Perez is essentially just like the the, the like, voice of reason. Yes, but the judgmental voice of reason right. who's like the friend, but also she's like she's she's also kind of a like a right. shitty person. But I thought I'll, it was kind of surprising at the end that she admits to being her best friend. I was like, Oh, that's yeah, they're not the same age, I don't think. No. I was like, This is the dynamic we're supposed to have. Like Yeah. It seems like she's kinda of going to Social mammoth. She, well, that's right. She doesn't seem to like her very much through no. most of the She's really she's like, like oh, this absconding mutt. her drinking. Lady, yeah. But then there's another gal who's totally throwing her under the bus. Like, oh, yeah, she was flirting with 3C the whole time. Right. Yeah. She was flirting a lot. Um, yeah. I Here's my take on the show. Okay. I am in on a show where Kaylee Cuoco plays a flight attendant, mm-hmm. travels across the world, makes mistakes gets drunk basically the fix mistakes basically the female <laughs> californication sure yeah i want to see that show oh. i have no interest no interest at all in the uh murder, murder the covering mystery. up of the murder yeah. and the uh police side of any of it i i'm like i just want this show to be fun i i don't need any extra bells or whistles and i honestly the first half of the show, I found so much more enjoyable than the second half of the show. Wow, that's that's a really good point because I, I was okay with the the murder mystery of it just because I'm kind of intrigued, and I, I also liked the style of her like having full conversations with this dead body. Like, I, yeah, because you're yeah, right, it, it was kind of interesting. It is more stylistic and and also darkly funny than I thought. I thought it was just gonna be like a totally grim, like uh, that Nicole Kidman show everybody's talking about, right? Um, the Undoing. Yeah, no, it it is kind of peppy. But you're kind of right. Yeah, I would like to see a show where she's just like a hot mess. Yeah. And and like, but then it's like, more about people. It's not just about like right. uh, like the thrill of it. Yeah, she, but she's also being like funny in it. She's like, you know, there could be a, de- a decidedly like, you know, uh, uh, like turning point still that I think is going to happen in this where she kind of like turns her life around and gets her shit together a little yes. bit more while she's still traveling around the world and doing these cool things or meeting these people it does uh, make you wonder where it goes and i know it's based on a book but i don't know anything it does feel to me like it's pretty set up that she is um being framed totally. like like she definitely didn't kill this person no um but also this guy alex mm-hmm. he's sketchy right like right. The, there was something kind of hinted at like he had some skeletons in his closet totally he seems to be like a, a russian oligarch or something right right Solovsky. Air marshals are a funny concept. They sure are. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like probably a pretty easy job? Because how often like, do you hear of air marshals Honestly, needing to actually do anything? It's, well, I think more often than not, you're just like trying to seat some really irate drunk person. That's probably true. It's probably just like having to put up with bullshit more often than actually like preventing violence. But I don't even think you're supposed to do that. Yeah, like, you wouldn't want to out yourself unless it was absolutely necessary. Yeah. And I was going to say, I've never seen an air marshal, but I guess that's the point. Right. Are they? Are there always air marshals on planes? Because I've been on some like real teeny tiny planes. I'm sure there's not. I'm sure there's not. It, it has to only be like big international flights or something. Right. 
And I guess that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, I like I. Well, we're gonna find out about that. Okay. We're gonna see if you're actually indeed cuckoo for Cuoco. Did you make a game? I made a game. Oh, this is great. I was like, you know what? I should make a game. This is our cuckoo first. This is our first game in like 168 episodes. <laughs> yeah. And it's about Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. All I right. just thought she's got such a good name. I, we could play Cuckoo for Cuoco. So I'm okay. going to do a little quick trivia round. Okay, with okay. You. All right, okay. Okay. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco was not in a movie called Quicksand No Escape in 1993. The movie Charmed, a movie called, a made for TV movie called Growing Up Brady about the Brady Bunch. <laughs> She wasn't. She was in two out of three of these. I have to tell you which one she was not in. She was not in one of those. Uh, I th- a movie called Quicksand No Escape in 1993, the movie Charmed, or the made-for-TV movie Growing Up Brady. I think she would have been really young if she was in something in 1993. When was the Brady Bunch movie out? Uh, 90... I think it was 2000. Thereabouts. I- um. Okay, well, I'm just going to split the difference and, and go with the, the Charmed one. Yes, she was actually in the TV show Charmed, but she was not in the movie Charmed. Oh, okay. So All she right. was in the other two. Okay, cool. Uh, What was Penny's last name on Big Bang Theory pre-wedding? She didn't have one until she married Leonard Hofstadter. That's right. Yeah. I do know that that show was originally supposed to be called uh, Lenny, Penny, and kenny or something like really like he, he was going to be lenny instead of leonard right. and sheldon was not going to be sheldon right it was he a was really stupid kenny. name really stupid name wow yeah, yeah they, i'm happy they workshopped that yeah. bit yeah although the big bang theory i don't know if that's much better it's not a great name but say what you want about the big bang theory one of the great tv theme songs of a generation that's true phenomenal song sing it all right now yeah um true or false quoco has been married twice and engaged once more Beyond that. Three times? She'd been engaged three times. Engaged three times for all intents and I, purposes. I don't know if she was engaged to Henry Cavill. They were associated. Okay. Um, true or false, she's been married twice and engaged one other time. Uh, I don't think she was engaged to, to Johnny Galecki either. I'm going I'm to say true. It is true. Okay. She has been married twice and engaged once more. She was engaged, broke that off, got married, got divorced, and now she's currently married. But I think she like doesn't live with her husband or some weird shit. Well, he's a billionaire. I was considering making that part of the question, too. Okay. She's a hundred millionaire. She's no slouch. She, Yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, I stepped on my last question because I put it at the start originally. And I was okay. Like, Ask it to me friend. anyway, and I'll, I'll be earnest about it. She is married, too. A billionaire, <laughs> A, B, uh, an equestrian professional, or C, a man named Carl. Uh, well, I think he is an equestrian professional and apparently a billionaire. So maybe his name is also Carl. You're yeah. right. So it's all, it's all a, a you, question. You are cuckoo for Quoco. I kind of am. I am kind of cuckoo for Quoco. I'll tell you what it is. I don't know if she'll like me saying this. But my mom is cuckoo for Quoco. <laughs> I did. I did hear about this. She is. She won't admit it either. Like, like uh, I've, I've kind of razzed her about it a couple of times. Like, mom, you love Kaylee Cuoco. You're such a Cuoco head. Yeah. And she's always like, I wouldn't say I like love Kaylee Cuoco. But then two days later, she's like, I saw on Kaylee Cuoco's Instagram that she has a new goldfish. Oh, my God. Some, like wow. weird thing. It's sweet. And like my parents loved the Big Bang Theory because the parents always love the Big Bang Theory. 
I think I'm kind of, and I don't, I've never watched her in anything beyond this, which I found her very uh, charming. And I, I guess I've gotten like little spoonfuls of Quoco. Yeah. And I, I'm a Quoco fan. I think she's totally, uh, she's, she's a great comedic actor. Totally. No, no question. And right. like she is, she is a gold mine for sitcoms. Yes. But that's kind of what makes this show interesting because it's not a sitcom. It, and it does allow her to exercise comedy. Totally. Jobs. Yeah. Um, she clearly just wanted to do it to work. She doesn't need the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a fun thing. Like these these murder mystery romps are like kind of a dime a dozen these days. But if you can like knock one off and you can resolve it in one season. Totally. Or maybe leave it open to come back if you want to. Yep. That's like a great way to, to it, kill a couple months. It was like done by her production company. They, it was based on a book that they optioned and they... I would argue that Kelly Cuoco is the Joni Mitchell of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, you're just being super liberal with the Joni. Okay, I'll I'll just accept it. Oh, uh, I agree entirely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts on on this show? Um, actually, speaking of my parents, they did give up on this show. They started watching did it, they? and they're like, "We're not going to go any further." I think I think they just found her a little bit too um, debaucherous because she's really quite fucked up, right? Which I loved it. Yeah, like that's that's the part that would keep me coming back. Yeah, but um. I don't like the the uh, I like the theme song, but I don't like the opening scene credits. It's too derivative of Catch Me If You Can. Also, I don't know Mad Men. Oh, I didn't watch much Mad Men. Oh uh, well, it, the whole first scene is like him falling down like a martini glass, and it's yeah. Like, so I I get that it's her falling from a plane and through like drinks and stuff, but like, come on, the Catch Me If You Can opening credits are a masterpiece. But, there, but also don't look too closely. If you're if you're new to watching the movie, because it is the whole movie, it gives the whole story. It tells the whole movie, yeah. which is really fun and kind of. But yeah, I really like the I really like the opening sequence for for this particular mm-hmm. show. I thought it was the, cool. The only time someone would be in trouble of knowing that that ended, or that that the opening scene credit told the story of the entire movie is if they heard this podcast and then watched the movie. Yeah, because right. without you saying that, they would never know. I guess that's true. Well, here am I to say that Catch Me If You Can is like one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I adore, Sneaky Christmas movie. I, Sneaky Christmas. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't seen it, please take this as like one of the greatest urges you can get to watch it. And I don't know, go to the bathroom when the credits are happening. Certainly. And then watch them after because they're really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think that airplanes are... How's our audio looking? I thought I sounded kind of weird there. Um, airplanes are an interesting place for like a workplace tv show mm-hmm. because they're so contained and yeah. i know this that the show is like obviously expensively made in lavish exotic cities right but like if you, it's interesting that there hasn't been like a a staple tv show that largely existed on a plane and it was mostly just about flight crew people because that would be an affordable show to produce yeah you're right you're right and and i even thought they'd go the extra mile and actually do a lot of the show you know all around the world <laughs> because maybe, maybe they will they have the chops to do it yep but i think <clears throat> the first episode takes place in thailand and like they filmed the rest basically in one place yeah probably and in the states maybe yeah because she's exactly. back in the states exactly. by the end of the episode it's in like washington or something and like by the way she couldn't be more suspicious when she runs and i guess she kind of covers her tracks a little bit like oh i'm sorry i was just on autopilot Didn't but here yeah but yeah you look of course you're gonna get caught running the from guiltiest the cops. thing you could do yeah so silly Another person who we haven't seen much at all, and there's really no good reason for that, is T.R. Rosie Perez. Let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> T.R. Knight from Grey's Anatomy, who's, I guess, her ex-husband? 
Uh, or her brother, maybe. She's on the phone with him a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was fascinating. George. George from Grey's Anatomy, who was yeah. like super charming on that show. Yeah. And then uh, got killed off in Grey's Anatomy because everyone does. Right. And Although he's been back on this season. Okay. This is bringing back everybody and, who's and dead. some kind of like, yeah. Like okay. they're, the, the nine stars you meet in heaven. Well, he was the victim of a hate crime, if you don't recall. That's true. And then they wrote him out of the show. Right. <laughs> I don't think as a result of that, though. No, I think he wanted not. to leave. Maybe so. And it was years later. But there weren't greener pastures for T.R. Knight. No. I think he's just like, for the most part, Jen's like, he's not a good actor. That's why he didn't do more. Oh, that's not what I'm getting at all. I think he is a good actor. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think this showed that he was kind of, you know, he was on point. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of give this show my S. I kind of thought it was a good pilot. It, yeah, I'll give it my ass. Yep. I'll give it my ass. I liked it more than I thought I would, in fact. I was kind of dreading having to watch it. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. All right. Well, let me recap the first episode of Truth Seekers, which I'm going to totally whiff because I don't really remember what happened. Um, I, It was one of those pilots I watched while looking at my phone a lot because I found it very boring. But All I can right. I can say some details up to 30 seconds worth, probably. All right. We're going to start you on the clock in three. <laughs> Two, one, go. Nick Frost plays a kind of like hobbyist ghost chaser is like an obsessed with like the the paranormal. And so he goes into people's houses and like scans for like weirdness or whatever. Um, There's also this woman who maybe is being held prisoner in this old lady's house. And this old lady has um, like a longing for her lost husband maybe but also dogs and there's like a literally a dog skeleton which is among the most upsetting things i've ever seen in a show for this podcast um and he has a partner named elton john see how i didn't tell you any story there so so i actually reread it because i i saw this quite a while ago but i think the main takeaway is he is a network cable installer yeah the show starts out with uh a lady experiencing a ghost in her house that is like quite jarring um he gets called to these cable calls and yeah on the side kind of like checks for spirits and stuff in this particular house he ends up finding a uh while they're doing a connection or something they find you know this crazy spirit and realize that this lady's father basically like found a way to transport like souls into dogs mm. and yeah vice versa so okay so at the end of the show you realize that like the soul of of this dog somehow got placed into the lady and yeah because then they leave and then she like gets down all fours and kind of runs like, up the stairs up the stairs and it's yeah. upsetting okay that's why so that's why there's the dog corpse wired up Yes. And it has eyes. Like, it's, right. it, it's really gross. I looked away from the dog. It was strange. Because she, like, kissed it at one point. But do you think that it's kind of in the same vibe as, like, uh, you know, a Paul or the End of the World or um, Shaun of the Dead Shaun kind of, of thing? The, I, I kind of think it, it, it is, like, a TV version of that. I've never seen Paul or the End of the World or World's End or whatever. World's End, right. Um, I have seen Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. But I, again, I have bad taste. I didn't really like them. No? Okay. I think I kind of liked Hot Fuzz, but it just wasn't my comedic cup of tea. They're kind of about like building their own world for these. And they actually say that it's kind of like, there is kind of like a universe, I think, that it's supposed to exist in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. There's supposed to be some kind of crossover. And I forget what what they call it. It's like the Frostverse or something? Oh, okay. 
Unifrost. I don't know. <laughs> the Unifrost. I kind of like that. I mean, obviously, I know Simon Pegg from more mainstream things. Mm-hmm. And I was actually thinking, like, why hasn't Simon Pegg been offered? I know he he wrote a Star Trek movie. Yes. But, like, it kind of seems like he is in the same class as Taika Waititi, who's now be given, being given, like, a lot of power. You're right. To, like, do a Star Wars movie and to do... Uh, uh, several Thor movies You're right And, and like win an Oscar Like it kind of It surprises me He hasn't done more Like big studio shit Yeah and, uh, Maybe he's just like Working on a passion project You know how like Some people will do like The one for you One for me thing Yeah He might just be like I'm just working on This huge thing for me right now Right And he, I mean he worked on this He was briefly in it But I presume he also Like wrote and produced it Likely Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it I thought it was funny I think I'll probably Watch some more Okay I didn't really like it that much. No. It just, it could, I could not seem to care. Okay. I don't, I don't know why it is. I thought it was funny that the guy's name was Elton John. I thought mm-hmm. he was kind of more entertaining than Nick Frost himself. Yeah. 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 I thought their dynamic might be kind of interesting too, but you can get, kind of see it based on how the shows usually go. Like he's probably going to end up saving the day in the end, the new young dude and teaching right. the older guy a few things while he's at it. It, uh, it has a good cliffhanger, kind of like a uh, flight attendant. Like, I guess mm-hmm. that that's that's appealing. And it's on Amazon Prime. So if right. people have access to that and they need something to watch, they, they have. But I don't have a whole lot more to say about it story-wise because I didn't really retain it. It didn't stay with me. No? And it's not laughs per minute either. No, it's not. And it's gruesome. It's not. It can be kind of gruesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, we were kind of, you know what, if we're breaking down the, uh, the fourth wall in between us and the podcast listeners, we were kind of short on shows this week. Yeah. Well, the other one we could have done was that Brian Cranston one year, right. which is getting very bad reviews. Ooh. Yeah. That's rough. Don't love to do the badly reviewed shows unless they're, they're well, hard. yeah. And it, and it, I, it's, it's kind of interesting because Brian Cranston is like, considered by all to be like one of the great actors of his generation. He's like Hank's good almost, but because of breaking that. Yes. But he's also done a lot of good things mm-hmm. and he's done a lot of stinkers. Right. He seems to have like, like not the best, uh, taste compass. <laughs> like, yeah. Compass. Exactly. Like he seems to make some, some, uh, askew choices and the tone of that show, your honor kind of feels like another really heavy like melodramatic grim show right like the undoing did i tell you about my experience with the undoing uh no we finished it okay don't give any spoilers i won't and this is why okay because i was uh i was listening to a podcast that i listen to every week which is an entertainment like chat show and they started to talk about the finale of the undoing which i was aware had happened and i knew that a lot of people were like pretty scandalized by it like oh my god i can't believe the ending of the undoing and i wasn't for sure going to finish the show but just in case i did i didn't want to keep listening to that conversation mm-hmm. so i put on a different i was in the shower and so i'm like operating my phone with like my little shower speaker and so i put on another podcast and it's hugh grant on fresh air promoting <laughs> the undoing and so i think well this, so this so, was the next one you went to well in my defense i think there's no way they're going to spoil what happens in the series finale of the undoing while hugh grant is promoting the undoing on right. fresh air yeah and then they do In Terry's intro, she's like, and then this happens in the show. Oh, my God. I was furious. I was furious. Come on. I can't be the only person who had this experience, but I'm just not going to watch it now. No. And if I'm Hugh Grant, I'm also probably thinking like, what the hell was that for? Like, why am I doing this interview now? Right. Oh, yeah. Because it's not like he was the one who broke it. Nope. 
Yeah, no, that's kind of supposed to be a surprise. And honestly, you know what? Surprise that to me didn't really pay off. Okay, interesting. Like it was kind of like, oh, we watched the whole show for for that. Okay. Yeah, Great. I think cool. I think that's the point. I think yeah. that like you they that right. in a, in an indirect way, that's the surprise. That's the twist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did Anyways. we just spoil the show? <laughs> we might have. No, I don't think we did. If we did, you know what? You're not missing that much. Okay. What you're missing is Nicole Kidman dressing crazy, being completely unable to conceal her accent. I was so happy that she got called out on that on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, that like it's actually crazy. Like, good on you, Hugh Grant. Um, I think you did a wonderful job in the show. Uh, Nicole Kidman, if you're listening, I don't understand why you couldn't have been Australian. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Actually, I heard Sarah Silverman talking about the undoing. She was kind of uh, railing against the the um, Catholicizing of mainstream TV characters. Okay. And she used this show as an example, like in the book, The Undoing, that it's based on. They're like a decidedly Jewish family. And they oh. decided to like take that out of the story. Right. And she was basically saying like, in my career as an actress, I always get to be like, the friend, the friend, the friend the who's mad or yeah, like, yeah. or like the, the bitchy executive or, right. and she's absolutely right. And so she used this example of like, and I don't even think her point was that like Nicole Kidman couldn't play a Jewish person, but it's like, like they decided not that, just... that she wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is a, that's a strange one. Overall the show, you know what? It's uh we already talked about it, but mm. there are some interesting, interesting turns and stuff in it. Some interesting characters, but it just it didn't sit with me the way that like sharp objects did oh man yeah you loved sharp objects yeah give me some of that do you love gone girl i like gone girl a lot and what's the other gillian flynn thing that she did this year that uh oh it was that other show about the evil comic book that we did a podcast about a few weeks ago utopia Right. Yes. It was yeah. Utopia. Yeah, yeah, we finished Utopia too, and we also liked that a lot. So you're just a big Gillian Flynn fan. I guess I am. Yeah. I guess I am. I would never like <clears throat> I should start listening to music based on producers. Yeah, okay. And just like follow the kind of noises that they make versus bands. You should check out Joni Mitchell. I sh- well, I hear she's too much like Taylor Swift. I'll just listen to Taylor yeah, Swift. That's probably a good starting yeah. place anyway. She's yeah. the poor man's Taylor Swift. It's 2020 after yeah. all. <laughs> all right. So a couple of Will Smith things. Okay. One's Will Smith uh, specific. The other is Will Smith adjacent. Okay. Will Smith is bringing back uh, his Snapchat show, Will From Home, for a second season. Okay. I don't know what that is. Maybe we've talked about it before. But no, it's I have no in idea. In one ear and out the other. Sure. He's coming back for another Snapchat season. Right. Do people okay. still use snapchat i don't know the stock's uh skyrocketing so maybe that's why he's doing it oh maybe so yeah also guest this week on the red table which is will adjacent uh olivia j gianuli who is now on like a a tour of contrition she's uh the 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 daughter of of the the target people and aunt becky from full house Oh, wow. Yeah. So she was the one who was like kind of revealed to be like such a spoiled brat. Right. During that whole thing. Yeah. And now she's on a tour of contrition where she's like, don't feel sorry for me. And everyone's like, ha ha, I didn't. Never, <laughs> don't worry about it. Never didn't did, even know who you were. Never did once. Yeah. yeah. All I know is that I don't think I like you. But, right. But I guess this helps. Right. Yeah. Huh. And so. So that's the big get this week on the red table. Right. So giving her a platform. Why would you ever trust that? Don't know. Okay. Right. Other right. thing. Maybe just broadly, we don't trust the red table. 
I think that that's what we're learning. Every yeah. time we do something Red Table related, we're like, that's dumb. Well, that's just, stupid. That's, yeah, uh, that's the most giving mill of Will Smith news is right. the Red Table. It also feels less mean to rail on the, the Red Table. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, because Jade is behind that. Jade is the one that we really shouldn't address. <laughs> okay. <laughs> never, never mind about not being mean. And Ellen's got coronavirus. Ellen has COVID. She got what was coming to her. Hey, never trust COVID-19. For the last time, never trust COVID-19. I won't say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of this rant. <laughs> Stay the blazes home. <laughs>